welcome to this episode of Celestial Chronicles. I'm Arav Garg, and I welcome you to this fascinating chapter of the Ramayana. Last episode, we covered stories from Ram and his brother's childhood, and how they grew up and graduated their goal, or boarding school. But what happened next? Well, their education was not quite over. In this episode, we'll cover the next chapter of the Ramayana, as Ram and his brother Lakshman travel across northern India with the acclaimed Rishi, Vishwamitra. You may be wondering, who was this acclaimed Rishi Vishwamitra? Well, Vishwamitra was a very unusual Rishi. Unlike most Rishis, Vishwamitra was not from the priestly class. Instead, he was a king. But to understand how Vishwamitra went from king to Rishi, we have to go back in time. Way back in time, to many hundreds of years ago, before Vishwamitra was a happy king ruling over his kingdom of Kanyakush. Unfortunately, his happy reign came to an end when he got into a war with a very powerful king. Although he emerged victorious, his army was exhausted and would likely collapse before the long trek they would have to make to get back home. Vishwamitra was no fool and he knew that he needed to allow his men to eat, rest and rejuvenate before the long journey they had ahead of them. Back in the day, however, there weren't hotels or inns. So, where was the king to park his army for the night? Well, in those days, rishis had large ashrams where people could spend the night free of charge. Many even provided water and simple food for their guests. So all Vishwamitra had to do was find an ashram on his route and settle in for the night. The first ashram that Vishwamitra and his men came by was the ashram of the famed Rishi Vishisht, and if you are Arvandring, the very same Vishisht who taught Ram in his childhood. Vishwamitra's army stopped by Vishisht's ashram asking for stay, and to their surprise, Vishisht went even further to offer them food. Within minutes, he had produced food for more than a thousand men. Obviously, Vishwamitra was shocked and inquired about this food. Vashisht attributed it to his divine cow, Sabala. Sabala was a divine cow who was able to grant any material wish. Amazed, Vishwamitra thanked Vashisht for his hospitality and left his ashram to head back the next morning. However, he was very startled when he reached his capital city. After many long days, Vishwamitra and his troops got back home, were startled to find that there was no food left. Why? Because all the farmers had been drafted to fight in Vishwamitra's war, and thus no one had been farming. Now, Vishwamitra was in a pretty pickle. He remembered, however, about Vashisht's cow and journeyed back to Vashisht's ashram to acquire her. Unfortunately, that did not go to plan. At Vashisht's request, Sabala produced an entire army that slaughtered Vishwamitra's small force and sent him packing. Humiliated, Vishwamitra left his kingdom to undergo tapasya or penance in the jungles. There are many, many stories from these many hundreds of years that he spent in tapasya, but there are far too many to fit in this episode. Suffice to say, however, that Vishwamitra eventually was enlightened by his tapas and left his silly struggle to acquire Sabela in favor of friendship with Vashisht. So, after Ram graduated from his Gurukul, or boarding school, as we covered in the last episode, he came back home to Ayodhya, 
where he learned the more practical aspects of administering a kingdom from his father and Kosala's ministers. By the way, Kosala was the proper name for a very large empire that included Ayodhya and stretched all the way from what is now Nepal to what is now Maharashtra. And it even had vassals that stretched even further south. Shortly after Ram graduated, though, Vishumitra arrived in Ayodhya and was received by Dashrat with all due hospitality. What did Vishwamitra come to Ayodhya for? Well, Vishwamitra, being a powerful Rishi, knew that Ram was an incarnation of Vishnu and thus wanted to help him out. Vishwamitra foresaw that Ram would need to know how to use certain celestial weaponry to defeat Ravan and realized that he might have been the only person alive who had knowledge of every celestial weapon. So Vishwamitra requested that Dashrat allow Ram to come and protect one of Vishwamitra's fire sacrifices. After much hesitation, Dashrath agreed to send Ram, and Lakshman, who was very close to Ram, decided to come along as well. So Vishwamitra, Ram, and Lakshman set out of Ayodhya and journeyed eastward. This journey was a very interesting chapter of the Ramayana because Vishwamitra dictated to Ram and Lakshman many different histories of his ancestors and the earth. In the first few days, the party trekked to a village near Ayodhya known as Asmaghar today. And, upon arriving there, Vishwamitra taught the two princes two powerful mantras, Baal and Atibal, which offered freedom from hunger, thirst, and sleep. After that, the party arrived at Baliya, a holy site where the river Sarayu merged with the river Ganga. At Baliya, the three rested in a cave where Vishwamitra told the princes the story of the Hindu god of love, Kamadeva. It turned out that the very cave that Ram, Lakshman, and Vishwamitra were resting in was once used by Shiva to perform meditation. The story goes that the demon Tarakasura had a boon that only Shiva's son could slay him. But, being a yogi, Shiva had no desire to marry and start a family. The devas, who were being harassed by Tarakasura, had Kamadeva shoot one of his love arrows at Shiva in order to have him marry Parvati and their son Kartikya later went on to slay the Tarakasura. The story did not end as happily for Kamadeva, however, since Shiva had, in anger, cut him into many millions of pieces. That was how Kamadeva became known as Ananga, or one without a body. Vishwamitra also told the princes another story yet as Maghar, the story of their own ancestor, Bhagiratha who brought the Ganga down from the heavens to earth. It is said that one of Ram's ancestors, the king Sagar, performed his Asumed Yagya, a Vedic horse sacrifice ritual, that would solidify his standing as a king. However, the king of the gods, Indra, stole the horse that was to be sacrificed. As per the ritual, if the horse was stolen and couldn't be found, Sagra wouldn't be able to ascend to the throne. So, Sagra sent his sons to find the horse and discovered that the horse was in the ashram of the Rishi Kapila. While retrieving the horse, the sons disturbed the Rishi, who, using his powers, incinerated them. When Sagra's sons did not come home, he grew very concerned and sent his grandson Amshuman to look for them. Amshuman met with the Rishi Kapila and learned of his uncle's fate 
and was advised to scatter their ashes in the river Ganga. However, neither Sagar or Amshuman could figure out how to bring the Ganga, which at the time only flowed in the heaven, to earth. The responsibility for scattering the ashes passed on from generation to generation until it reached Bhagiratha, who was Amshuman's grandson. Bhagiratha performed great penances to Ganga and to Shiva so that the river Ganga would come down to earth and so that Shiva would cushion her fall. Bhagiratha was able to scatter his ancestors' ashes, after which he governed once more as king and had a very prosperous reign. That's where we'll end our episode today. Stay tuned for next week's episode, where I'll tell you about how Ram vanquished the demon, this Tadka. Thank you for watching.